0: 5, 4,
1: 3,
0: 2, 1. Heather? Um... Yes, Heather Camp. I play Nancy Thompson.
2: I'm John Saxon. I play her father,
1: Lieutenant Thompson. I think it was a lieutenant or captain. Lieutenant. You sure? All right, enough time, enough time. I'm Wes Craven, writer-director. I'm Jacques Hatkin, the director of photography. And we shot this very close to the end, didn't we, Jacques? This uh, was a little tabletop thing. Seems to me it was the last week.
2: Yeah, i'm trying to remember if uh, robert did any of this stuff it wasn't him was no, it? no i think it was
0: his double
1: yeah well, all... it was all table a little table yeah i think and...
2: tony did some of this tony caesar maybe
1: could well be tony caesar the stunt coordinator yeah and my racquetball partner for the last 10 years <laughs>
2: <laughs> there's amanda yeah it's amanda weiss here we are at the lincoln heights jail which is now condemned for asbestos that we spent weeks down there breathing
1: yeah. i've always thought that we'll all end up dying at the same time in like 20 years from now
0: or from the bee smoke that they pumped yeah, in. yeah
2: they use safer smoke now although the credit is to west that we used actual steam he we went to the trouble that's a big deal to use steam because you have to have boilers and everything and there's nothing like it for quality
1: oh look introducing johnny depp who knew who he was this yes. was his first film that's right was a nice kid, Charles Fleischer, the um, the voice of uh, Roger Rad- Rabbit. Now, this was my uh, tribute to Bunuel, the uh, the lamb. The, oh,
0: I get uh, more questions on that lamb than almost any other aspect of this film.
1: It was supposed to streak across the hall, and it wouldn't it wouldn't move, so they finally ended up kicking it. <laughs>
2: Bravo! Gosh, they got to redo these titles.
1: I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Now this is the boiler room at uh, Boyle Heights Jail, isn't Lincoln it? Lincoln Heights. Lincoln Heights jail. I've actually shot there
2: quite a bit recently, but not in this space. This space is condemned now. Right.
0: And I think a wardrobe note: the uh, the nightgown had to have a certain see-through quality, as I remember when we all um.
1: Yeah, I tried on many uh, nightgowns <laughs> before we find the right one. Yeah. I but this that. was the, this was the boiler boiler room of the uh, of the jail. And all the pipes were insulated with asbestos, and they were all rotting away. And I remember sitting on top of a the boiler there and, and seeing the uh, the flex in the uh, in the lights highlighted, and saying, "Hmm, I wonder if this stuff is dangerous."
0: And you've made more than one film here.
1: Right. Like, have you? Been um, back to I've been back there actually for Shocker. We shot there, but we were not allowed anywhere near this place because it was condemned, as you say. A little uh, slow motion thing. Didn't we put her on a platform? She was or something on a treadmill. She was on
2: a treadmill yep. attached to the dollar. This is even early days of Steadicam. To a certain extent, Steadicam was not as extensively used as it is today.
1: I'm scared.
3: <laughs> hmm. You okay, Tina? Just a dream Mom. That's the
1: 14.
2: Fourteen millimeters. Yes, fourteen millimeter <laughs> lens. It's funny how I can remember the lenses.
1: And this guy, who was he? It was like Johnny Depp's <laughs> agent, stepfather, <laughs> <laughs> an agent, or something like that. It was like a huge thrill for him because he got into SAG, I think, on that because he got a line. I just thought this woman was very good, actually, and really set the tone for Tina. Right. And but,
0: the theme of the abandoned teenager. Right.
1: right. And this is the place where later Nancy will be uh, sleeping over and Freddie will press out of the wall.
2: This is the famous speed-aperture computer shot. Six people on the camera working the camera on this shot. It's right.
1: sliding diffusion. Speed-aperture computer was... So it goes from slow motion to regular motion and diffusion to no diffusion in one shot.
2: Right. Hmm. And hmm. it zooms and dollies. The speed-average computer, when we used it, was just a, a steel box with alligator clips. It was a very primitive tool and it's now a standard item yeah. built into cameras.
1: Nick Corey. Huh? Nick Corey, recently in uh, my film Vampire in Brooklyn.
2: Hmm. Oh, did you use that again? Mm-hmm. I always thought he was a good actor. Doesn't this look clean? Yeah, it looks beautiful.
1: Well, this was shot for Midwest United States, and it was all shot, of, of course, in, in Los Angeles. So we uh,
2: At
0: Marshall High School, which is okay. turned out to be a block away from where I lived.
1: In Silver Lake, right?
0: Yeah, in Silver Lake.
1: Yeah, it's a beautiful high school. It's, it's like totally anomalous to the rest of the neighborhood.
0: Maybe we're going to have a big
3: earthquake. They say things get really weird just before.
1: Gee, we're playing an
2: earthquake-themed then, huh? I'm so glad you guys could come over tonight.
0: When my mom said she was taking off for two days, I almost
3: died. No problem, Tina. Nancy's <laughs> glad to do the rest I can't believe so much... I remember this
0: scene being particularly difficult to shoot with this uh tape... Player and Johnny has such a hard time queuing up the <laughs> spot, and we did a lot of takes of this How old one. was he,
1: about 18? No, he's 21. He was actually a little bit older than the rest, I think, but he, he had a very young look. But uh, he was, um, at this time, I don't think he had acted at all. He, no, I think he was, was in a rock band or something. Right. He was a musician. He <laughs> had an f- actor friend on the set all the time, going over his lines with him continuously because he was terrified he would not be able to say them right.
2: Been an accident out
1: there. This was a practical location, also I believe, in uh, Venice. If I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, that's right. We're in Venice.
0: The end of this scene is the uh, scene that we used for the audition. I remember really clearly when I read for Wes at the audition. They picked this one scene with Tina, and and it seemed like I did it a million times. By the time we finally got to it.
1: It's an interesting story uh, with Johnny's uh, casting. We we headed down to four guys, and the, the other three were like, surfer dude, and you know, the typical handsome kid, and everything else. And uh, at the time, my daughter was visiting. She was about thirteen, uh, with a friend of hers, and I said, hmm, "What do you think, surfer dude?" Or... And they both at the same time said, "Johnny Depp." There was like absolutely no doubt, doubt in their mind. It was completely unknown at that time, but they just fell in love with him by seeing him once or twice, in casting sessions. Jock, I remember a conversation on this particular sequence. This whole scene of just feeling like I had compromised the whole film because we didn't weren't able to shoot some gigantic exterior shot or something. I remember just thinking, like, oh, I've lost the movie. <laughs> do you remember that? No, I don't.
0: I <laughs> mean, because the exterior of the house wasn't something. Shown? I
1: think we, I, I think it was that we couldn't reverse and look the other direction very much, or something like that. That's right. I do remember that. Where, it's like funny, we, when you start to learn what you can do without, you know? Well, here's the famous scene of you hear a noise outside and of course somebody has to go outside and investigate.
2: See, but just this shot is so nice, <laughs> where we walk them without a cut, the three of them. that's
1: nice. And I think you had a big dolly track set up here, didn't you, from the porch? I'm serious. Yes, there is. They, that went out into the yard. That's, that's right, right,
0: all the way across the yard.
1: Push him, push him out there. This is yeah. all very practical. I mean, this yard is in, at, behind this house, and the alley was behind the yard. It was all just absolutely and all as that it furniture.
0: Was. I'm sure it was there. Yeah,
1: absolutely. It was just. That was uh, in
0: Venice. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, it was like in a bad
2: neighborhood. We had to worry about our safety for the electricians. We were saying, you know, <laughs>
1: to, you know, have a buddy to go to the truck. that's right i remember like the guy that was up on the big condor the big light tower was like i was worried he's gonna get shot at
3: (laughs) what a brilliant tackle and the fans go wild what what the hell are you doing here getting to make up no big deal you my home of course oh what's that just
2: happened to have intense huh
1: i still have this (laughs) garden tool in my garage. Do you really? <laughs> where to God I do? Oh, my God.
0: Wes's whole garage is filled with bizarre paraphernalia. Is. Don't try to take it away either, really. I
1: kept the, the wardrobe from this film for 10 years it, because uh, they were going to throw it away. And we used a lot of it in uh, the new Nightmare, Nightmare 7. I think I'm... <laughs> Heather, I don't oh think God. you fit in
0: <laughs> Well, I think the wardrobe kept mixing up Johnny's jeans and my jeans, so some days when my jeans look particularly tight, I think I'm wearing Johnny's well, leg scene, right here. The day we did jean splitting, I think. I
1: think hey, you guys are
0: gonna it was one size fits all. I mean, it it. Please,
1: Natalie. No. <laughs> I think the, uh, the wardrobe uh, budget was probably about 10 cents. Everything was from Kmart. <laughs> Nike. Yeah, Nike gave us a free tennis shoe. I might still have some of those, too. Actually, yeah. you're a collector, huh? I never throw anything away. <laughs> <laughs> so bothered
0: by a stupid nightmare anyway, because he was scary. That's why. And um, Wes, with great judgment, cut out a kiss here <laughs> that we had <laughs> with his um superb directorial. Um, I forgot
2: that. Right why? Why? I didn't. <laughs> why? Why? Why was it cut?
0: Um, it probably looked really cheesy and stiff.
2: <laughs> <Don't trigger code. laughs>
0: I'd never really done an on-screen kiss with Johnny Depp before and probably never will. Oh, again. that's right, you tore your clothes off for something like <gasps> that? <back? right.
1: laughs> this is based on a real incident in my life when I just, uh, well, the first time I ever sort of was away from home, I slept in an artist studio in uh, in Chicago and I heard <laughs> the couple that was, who's, <laughs> who were my house, making love noisily in the next room when I was a complete virgin—it was like the most miserable night of my life.
0: <laughs> I mean, there was something
1: this, uh, about this. This sequence is, of course, um, one right?
0: of the most oh, exciting. One of
1: the scariest, I think, that had been. Um, you know, a lot of people told me that they either were not able to stay in the theater for this, or that it just haunted them for a long, long time. And it was based on the theory that. You know, you had to scare the audience right up front with uh, who they were up against. But it was uh, it was written as a long build, and it re- it really worked pretty pretty darn well. I mean, uh,
0: technically, it was so difficult. I know from Amanda's point of view too.
1: Now here we go with the uh, Freddie coming through the wall.
0: Now, Wes, that wasn't originally planned for the spandex shot, was it? That was something that they rigged up that day, as I remember. That the wall was supposed to kind of do something else, and then they ran out and bought a big spandex. Yeah, sheet our special fix was
1: was Jim Doyle. I was always inventing on the spot.
0: He was yes, brilliant.
1: So he went out inventor. And came in with a big piece of spandex, which we stretched on a frame and put it over the bed. And that's very what effective. Eventually, it was used. Was was
2: Jim operating? Was he the guy behind there? Or was Yeah, it, I
1: think it was actually his face. Yeah,
2: Jim Doyle. You, you got to give him credit. Well, was, oh, he did, did incredible effects, work here. Yeah.
1: yeah.
0: We had a time when, I mean, the budget was, gosh, so small compared to these days.
2: Right. We did it on the sushi budget of a of a real feature. <laughs> <laughs> but didn't Greg Fonseca really make Greg, fine sets?
1: Greg Fonseca did incredible artwork. I thought he you did, know. yeah. He just died last year. Yeah, I know. Unfortunately, but. Uh, went on to do Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and huge features after this.
0: What was
1: that? That was a pebble. Oh. Oh. Originally we shot, I think, Jacques, do you remember? Tooth. A tooth. The yeah. tooth is
0: in there, isn't it now?
1: It might yeah. be, yeah. There was this, that was my uh, Roman Polanski moment from The Tenant*. <laughs> remember when he reaches in the wall and takes out a tooth? <laughs> I was always quoting my favorite uh, directors here in these early films. Here we go. And all this is is like a like a six-foot or eight-foot-long piece of spandex. And He's pressing. playing it really nice. Pressing.
2: Isn't that beautiful? And yeah. Lit shark, I, yeah. yeah. The light's in the right place. Oh, God. And it, it looks like an optical, the way it mm-hmm. heals itself. It's right. great.
0: My character has just found religion.
1: <clears throat> and then of course, she has to pound on the wall. And you see that it's solid. It's always, the important thing is to show that it really is a solid wall. Course, by that time, we had switched back into a solid wall.
0: I have to say, I always enjoyed the many scenes where I have to lie in a bed, and when they're setting up lights and taking focus, I would always catch a quick nap. <laughs>
1: Did you I'm not
0: embarrassed to say it. It didn't
1: escape notice, Heather. <laughs> you used to put beans in your nose. I don't think you remember. Well. Now, this this was a different house, wasn't it, John? No,
2: No. This is Anyone? the same house. Same oh. house. I recognize, I remember the placements on the light and all these little dappled branches and things mm. that we put in. Who
0: the hell is that?
1: Um, you know, coming up on the alley scene, I've had so many people tell me this was one of the scariest moments when he, she turns around and his arms spread out. See, now here's where we did some nice work. This
0: was a, took a long time to yes. get that.
2: Well, the camera's got some good points of view.
0: I remember thinking that those long arms were never going to fly on the right. screen.
1: And I think, if I'm not mistaken, this was like two fishing poles with guys in the garages That's or something That's what did, it was. You know, it was... <laughs> really low tech. And then somebody figured out this neat effect. They hooked his claws up to a car battery somehow and got those sparks. Just go. Now look at the standing back there. He's about yeah. four feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> and what there's happened? Robert. That's the, <laughs> it was real the only one. guy we could get. This chase, if you remember, Jacques, used to go all the way around the block and come back through another house and everything else. It yes, was like, very was. extensive. Yes. And we never were able to shoot it. That's a split mirror shot. Right, beam splitter. Beam splitter mirror. So the tree's there, but he's really at right angles to the camera. Right. And those were his real fingers, too. <laughs> Robert was a real trooper.
2: That's right. He, he played antifreeze. <laughs>
1: Open the door! Get <laughs> just You know, everything, it just gets, goes from bad to worse. Oh. You know, it just gives the audience absolutely no relief. You wake up, you think you're safe, and then... How many you know, minutes gets is this? Worse.
0: It seems like That's... it's already been about ten minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already scared.
1: Now, this sequence also was the first uh, to be censored in the, in the film.
0: I wonder why.
1: I don't know. I mean, I don't think yeah, it's people this is... are so that sensitive. That was a pretty bad prosthetic, actually. But... Yeah. I know. This is,
3: this...
0: Oh, see, that to me was yeah. brutal. Yes. That's awesome. Now, the here
1: way. we're in... Um, Jim Doyle's uh, really uh, tour de force here where this entire set is rotating and all of the light fixtures outside attached to it for the moonlight through the window are also attached to it so the r- shadows don't shift. Okay. And the actress is simply told to go with the room. So now she is uh, on the floor really and the camera's upside down along with you, Jacques, and myself.
0: Right. Yeah, Mandy is so good at this is- scene. Oh. Wow,
1: that
2: was just lady. His hair was all plastered down, and
1: yeah, everything in the room that could possibly tip was starched or stapled or oh, God, the second cut that the uh, sensors uh, insisted on the, was the uh, stunt woman hitting the bed because there was a huge splash of blood and they were like completely offended by that
2: all right so you just trim frames because she did actually hit the bed right
1: I don't know whether you actually see her more than just you know make a split second of contact.
2: Ten years ago, mother's in Vegas with a boyfriend.
3: We're trying to reach her now. Now, this is, this is, is
1: Joseph Whip, the actor, uh, and John, of course, yourself. But, John, before we go to you, Joseph ended up on, uh, I think, Cheers for years, didn't he? Playing, uh, I think, A Mad Adventure.
3: Was he? On, I know.
1: Yeah. 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 John, this is probably the first uh, policeman you ever played, right? <laughs> <laughs> and Ronnie Blakely. Ronnie was a character. Everybody's going to be very polite here. But she mm. she loved to experiment with the colors of her hair. And uh, she was never quite satisfied with her makeup. So she would usually go and fiddle with it after the makeup and hair were done with her. So uh, we never knew quite what she would look like when she got to the set.
2: Did she do anything after this?
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm, um, I know she was in The Driver, which I enjoyed her Yes.
0: It was hard that to m- actually imagine that John and Ronnie could have ever been married. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was appropriate. <laughs> Why? We, we, we.
1: But they were divorced. That's what right. Was some of we the background divorced. on your. Uh, relationship? That's what all their friends said. I can't we're believe divorced. those two ever got married in the first place.
0: Oh, and you forgot to mention the fourth character of this film my hair. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: thought your hair was pretty good, actually. Oh, I meant... oh,
0: was that their <laughs> that serious? It was pretty large.
1: You have a lot of hair. It made it sort of into the poster, even. You know? I, I mean, know. There's something about your hair that's very uh, powerful. In fact, I didn't want to tell <laughs> like you this, but it attacked me several times. <laughs> like Medusa. <laughs> that's
0: why we were there,
1: this, You know, it, I sh- maybe at this point I should mention that this entire idea for this film came out of a series of uh, newspaper articles uh, in the L.A. Times about teenagers <coughs> from uh, Southeast Asia that had emigrated with their families to the United States. And... Uh, had a series of severe nightmares that they told their parents about. And uh, in all cases, the parents uh, had said, well, just get some sleep and you'll be- feel fine. And each time, the next time they slept, uh, they died.
3: You mean so subsequent
1: to the nightmares? Yeah? And subsequent to the nightmare, they died in, a, in no. a second nightmare. So that's where I got the idea for this picture. And mm-hmm. Recently, there was a uh, special on uh, national public television about it. About similar kind of thing? Mm-hmm, yes, it's, a, it's apparently a big problem like in Thailand for some reason. Hmm. especially uh, kids that have come out of uh, relocation camps in the wars. Yeah, I guess it worked, huh? <laughs> you know, the script itself, uh, the other interesting sidelight is that it uh, went around Hollywood for three years and nobody thought it was scary or worth, yeah, worth doing. And, and Bob Shea and New Line Cinema were the only ones that uh, really thought uh, that it had something. But, uh, obviously, there was a tremendous audience response to the idea of something in your dreams uh, haunting you. You bet. There they are, the secret
2: service of the small <laughs> town. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh,
1: this was actually shot in this street that I lived on. In, in, in Venice? Venice? Yeah, in yeah, yeah, I seem to remember this.
2: He's still got the blood I'm, on. I'm in this scene, I think. Don't I come
3: in? Yeah, you can mm-hmm. yeah. me. Him
2: down or something. Yeah, I remember this. You have a great shot in here, as I remember it, with your big gun. (laughs) Oh yeah.
0: (laughs) The teenagers in this—a parable—is such a good word for it because the innocence of these teenagers, at least today, you just—no, not today. Today, you know, today it wouldn't work. In '83, and that's only what twelve years ago. It's such a change. Yes, it is.
2: Oh, you're right.
1: What the hell am I wearing that for? I thought I was (laughs) a detective. <laughs> you like to stay close to the mess you
2: remembered yourself as uh, more than you my, were my, my,
1: my origin this is yeah. Nick shredding my his bare old. feet running on asphalt I don't know after this when we had to like, hospitalize practice, right? <laughs> I know
0: you think that it's only, it only takes place once but that one scene probably did 85 times of running down that street What the hell were you doing going to school today for anyway? And he has a good point there. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say?
1: What the hell are you going to school for today? Anyway. Oh, it's the day That's after what the I'm murder. talking about. These oh. kids
0: back then.
1: Is oh, this is Lynn Shea, Oh was yeah, Bob Shea's right. sister. Right. She's appeared in many, many of the Nightmare series.
0: This yeah. was such an enjoyable scene. And the the young man surfer dude who does the reading is Don Hannah. I mean, um, yeah, Don Hannah, right?
1: Right, Daryl Hannah's brother.
0: Right, and he was wonderful.
1: And Lynn here uh, played the nurse in uh, West Graven's new nightmare, the, the seventh nightmare, the one who tells you That's your child right. needs to be hospitalized. And
0: just like the gravediggers.
1: I went to uh, to uh, actually uh, Hollywood High to to research what school kids looked like in 1983. And uh, the teacher was teaching this, this very passage. Hamlet? Yeah, this very passage. And I just wrote it down and I said, my God, this is it. This is like kismet, you know.
0: Oh, I thought this was your ideal, idealized portrayal of an American high school actually reading
2: *Hamlet*.
1: No, this was actually uh, exactly what the teacher was teaching that
3: day.
2: Kismet.
1: This is a, another moment. There, many people have told me is like the scariest thing they'd seen. This is a great shot of you, Heather.
0: <laughs> this is one of my favorite scenes. No.
2: Remember we we had to get the the body bag wasn't right and
0: we use that body bag a lot in this film And the blood
1: black blood. the slime yeah we had, nobody knew how to quite do so I said well just run run down the hall with this big bag of slime I think they left this big long snail trail.
2: For this school.
1: yeah, it's, it's perfect, and it's it's very cinematic in the sense there's very little dialogue through here, it just all works off of the images. Ah, look at that,
2: beautiful the color is just it's, right.
0: It's so simple and beautiful. Yes,
1: and Amanda did a great job being dead. I mean, it sounds like a joke, but just the way her hand flapped over and landed so, you know, lifelessly and everything, I think was absolutely chilling. Yeah, and being
2: in the bag, it's a, it's, it's a.
0: Especially if you have any kind of claustrophobia.
3: <laughs> Where's your path? <laughs> Screw
2: your past. Hey, Nancy. No running in the hallway.
1: You know, there were a lot of moments in this, this uh, movie when people look at me like I was crazy. Let's bring some leaves in. Let's have leaves burn and People would just look at me like I was absolutely out of my mind. But, um, that sort of turning things around so you never know quite where you are in a dream and when you're in reality is, uh, is very, very frightening. And that's the essence of this piece. Yeah. See, to me, now we're about is... to switch here. I think this is the high school, right? And the next shot is Boyle Heights, uh, not Boyle Heights, uh, back in Lincoln the jail. Heights Lincoln jail. Heights Jail. The
2: boiler room, <laughs> the asbestos boiler room.
1: Right. And how do you make it seem like the same place? You put the "No Students Allowed" <laughs> sign in both shots, yeah. and mm-hmm. the green paint. <laughs> I think that was really the janitor's office that she was coming out That's of. That's right. Yeah. You know? We should mention probably the wonderful score here throughout by Charles Bernstein, who uh, did it for virtually nothing. I think mostly uh, synthetically, very, very haunting.
2: He's gone on to do many wonderful
3: things. hmm
0: If anyone's wondering, that's a cyst that's on my forehead. Oh, stop
1: it, please. <laughs> oh, my God.
0: <laughs> I've had removed since I made this film. Thanks a lot. <laughs> I'm
1: only looking oh, look at, at that. that. Maggots. <clears throat> maggots are not good. I, I, mean, I think we have to thank all the, the... the uh, rodent and maggot wranglers throughout this,
0: We have centipedes and snakes and maggots.
1: And the other person that should be mentioned here um, is Rick Shane, the editor who uh, did a magnificent job cutting this film. Has there been any background in the text about Freddy Krueger at this point? Uh, no. No. Mm-hmm. What do you mean in the text? I'm, I mean, who he was and like talking about it. No, it it was... That's a little later. In the Mm -hmm. film, yeah, it's uh, Ronnie Blakely's... uh, Talks to me about it or something. Well, she tells uh, Nancy what the background was. Oh, yeah. Until this time, we don't even have a name attached to this person. Hmm.
0: You see the beginning of Nancy's ingenuity at this moment. This is kind of her defining, grave action, burning herself on this pipe.
3: Right. I love that.
1: And also, the, um, this is the introduction, along with Amanda's dream up front of things that happen to you in the dream um, come with you. In other words, if you're hurt in the dream, you'll be hurt when you wake up, which is the spookiest part of the whole concept. Yeah? When um, Amanda, Rita wakes up, her, her nightgown is slashed, and uh, when you get out front of the school, you look at your arm, the burn is still there. That's
2: what's great about oh. the way you did it Wes. You had amidst all of this insanity there's logic. Mm-hmm. That's so important.
0: Yeah, that is the key to you know acting in a horror movie as well as you have to always realize that for that character it's totally logical everything that's going on and
1: <laughs> and totally real. You know, you have to which I think you did so wonderfully, is just, uh, you know, you sold it that it was really a kid experiencing this. And a very, very strong kid who's in a terrifying situation and somehow has the strength to uh, to figure it out, you know, and believe in herself. I, that was always what impressed me about those original newspaper stories, is the kids couldn't convince an adult to help them because it seemed like such a strange, unbelievable thing. Now she's coming back to Rod, of course, that. Uh, she now knows uh, what, what he, he's experiencing, too, and she's got to go back and confirm with him, make him admit that he's had the similar kind of dreams.
0: How could somebody be under the covers with you guys without you knowing about it?
3: How the fuck do I know? I don't expect you to believe me
2: anyway.
0: As the film goes on, we applied more and more <clears throat> tired-looking makeup, like blue, a lot of blue under the eyes, and sometimes it...
1: Yeah, there was a long long process of making you look less and less. And
0: Nick was really good in this scene. I remember, I remember being kind of mesmerized by his intensity. He was very intense and.
3: I probably could have saved. If I'd have moved sooner. But I thought it was just another nightmare,
2: like the one I had the night before.
3: There was this, there was this guy. He had knives for fingers.
1: That music is great. Yeah, and now she knows. She knows that she's not just dreaming. you
3: think
2: I did it? No. You know what's beautiful there, Wes, is that you've got all this main character exposition done without dialogue. That's, That's the way to do it. Just let the, you know, performance take it.
0: That's the famous house now, and
2: I wonder if they get badgered people going there. And
1: I don't think most people know where it is because I've never seen it published anyplace. Uh-huh. We won't say here, but it is in Los Angeles.
0: This might be my favorite scene that on film. Doing it was.
1: I remember you very kept making difficult. us do it over and over again. Why <laughs>
0: <laughs> the, the, Water bathtub scenes are on the other end of the spectrum from the bed scenes. <laughs> You usually get very pruned. You get and pruned,
2: yeah. Yeah, well, there you are. And,
0: and Jim Doyle. <laughs> <is> <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> underwater.
1: This was a, a, a Greg Fonseca built a two-story set, so it actually uh-huh. the bedrooms and bathrooms were actually on the second story. So um, we were able to build a pit under this what, bathtub that was actually a tank probably eight feet deep, and uh, our special effects guy was down in there with the scuba deer. Yeah, we right. he uh-huh. had a tank, yeah. he, had, he a had a tank. tank. Yeah. And, 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 um, How was he
0: cued? Was he queued up with a knock or something? Or? I
1: think he was listening to your dialogue or something like that. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm
0: serious.
2: I thought I, th- I, th- th- I thought we tapped, but uh, there was a false floor for Nancy there. Right. I was. Great. I'm kind of
0: wet as I remember. It was very difficult because I had to kind of wedge myself into the tub with my, you know, feet. Otherwise, I would fall in. Right. There was quite a large
1: hole for him to come through. There was like one little
0: two by four for me actually to kind of balance on, and then
1: now this, this shot. It's not that was J- that was Jim Doyle's <laughs> girlfriend actually. This was shot in uh, yeah, in somebody's that. swimming pool, and it was the day after the rap party, and we were all horribly hungover. And the way we did this was we covered the whole swimming pool with black uh, plastic, and then went under there with uh, scuba diving equipment. It was like really terrifying to be under there because it kept breaking free and wrapping around all of us, and we all had these horrible hangovers. Was that at your house? No, it was uh, I think. Uh, one of the special effects guys' houses, a backyard swimming pool. Are you okay? I'm
0: okay. But I that was, yeah, That's a great scene.
1: It is. It's like a classic. Again, very simple. And and there's a moment where you can look up and see the uh, bathtub. is this tiny little ring up above, and it's really... We just cut a very small bathtub-shaped hole in the black plastic and uh, put that over the actress's head. Now, uh, one of the interesting things about the the newspaper stories, the third teenager uh, was convinced that he was right that something really was going to kill him in his dreams, and he stayed awake and refused to sleep, and so he really, uh, you know, formed the basis of Nancy's drug addiction. Here. Well, I mean, Caffeine, he, yeah. he was convinced that if he slept, he would die, and he stayed awake for almost a week, and his parents were giving him sleeping pills through a doctor, and he would take them and then spit them out, and. Uh, he finally fell asleep uh, I think almost five days later and uh, they took him to bed and in the middle of the night he uh, was screaming and ran into his room and he fell silent on his bed and he was dead. That's that's when I really realized there was a a Im- movie in these stories. Was that a series of articles? Or just... Yeah, it was three articles spread over a year and a half. And the LA Times never correlated them. They never commented from one article to the next. Incidentally, that movie was Sam Raimi's, uh, I believe, Evil Dead because he had to put a poster of one of my films in, uh, in the basement of one of his films.
0: <laughs> hey, well, who's on, an homage to, who, to R- whom? Sam Raimi. <clears> this <throat> is so romantic that he climbs up my rose trellis. <laughs> There's So much sweetness. I mean, so much of the things that the teenagers, the way they deal with each other is so sweet and if you don't it's a nice counterpoint to the terrible...
1: Yeah. Terror. Yeah, you care about you care about the people.
2: So I heard you freaked out in English class today.
0: Yeah, I guess I did.
2: You haven't slept yet, have you? Not really. What'd you do to your arm?
0: I burned it in English class. Oh God. I'm 20 years
3: old. <laughs> that's, the, that's the biggest laugh of the film, usually. <laughs> Did you have any weird dreams last night? I think I was, like a how
0: old? I was 18 or I was 19. I, I can't remember happen. when. 18 or 19. No. Do you believe in the boogeyman?
2: No. Rod killed Tina, and you know that.
0: I've got a crazy favor to ask you. That's nothing hard or anything. I'm gonna go and look for some good to love this bedroom. It had a great and
3: I want you to stand
0: you know, great feeling to it, the brass bed and
3: right.
2: mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> the maroon walls. I love the color. <laughs> you
3: can't mess up. A lot might depend on this.
0: Those pajamas, speak. I still have those. I was able to wrangle them away from Wes before he put them in his garage.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I still have the alarm clock and I have that <laughs> telephone, too. Do you really? The yeah. tongue phone? Uh-huh. Not the tongue phone. I have the to- this the actual telephone. I think uh, Jim Doyle got the tongue.
0: Then I've entered my dream.
1: Now, this was a very long cam shot, if I'm not mistaken. And at the time, it was very, very new with the use of that kind of equipment. I
0: remember... Was our Steadicam operator a woman? Yeah,
1: Liz Ziegler. Mm-hmm. Right. Done a lot of big shows. And this—the whole budget for the whole film was a million, Seven? million eight, I think. That's quite. And uh, look at—I mean, we get these beautiful outdoor shots. You got Jacques. I just think it's uh, remarkable what you pulled off in the budget that we yeah, uh, totally. had or didn't have. Totally uh, agree. I'm still doing it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's the problem. If you do
1: it once, they make you do it again.
0: Get Jacques Hadkin. There were several different locations for this long scene. Where were we here? I don't remember this place. Are
1: you still watching? I'm trying to remember. Yeah, so? By this time, the audience is totally lost. They don't know what is going on here. It's the kind of fun scene where you do backwards, where it makes no sense until the end, and then suddenly you can go back and make sense about it all.
0: I remember catching that shot right before dawn one day. And I think we had to use... Darken it with filters or something. Wasn't yeah, the right. light coming up? Yeah,
2: and you can still see it. The shot's definitely contaminated with light.
0: That's always the worst time. Yeah, of it's a, panic of a panic hour. You, know. you don't even want to get Heather, near just get out of your or Wes. Right. right. When,
2: when it's going down <laughs> or <laughs> coming up. <it's laughs> Heaven
0: forbid if you have to use the ladies' room. <gasps> Second. Now, this time.
2: was back in Venice, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, back in Venice, and yes. then the reverse is, uh, I think, on. Uh, some place on Melrose uh, way down towards downtown. Yeah, it was this, an old library. Yeah, this is a great shot. I like that
2: too. See now that's a, that's so simple. Mhm. Mm-hmm. That's
0: It's really beautiful.
1: And then looking down into the uh, into the jail cell will be on our sets. One of our few sets was the jail cell. I remember in the last days we were shooting uh, like in about five different places in the set at once. We had cameras everywhere, shooting inserts and jail scenes, and
2: that became the way all those films were done. Was the it? last week and a half, yeah. well, well, I've done a lot of oh, effects yeah. films. In the last two weeks, you start pulling out the units, and
0: you kind of realize what you need to. <laughs> now,
1: here's a shot that I find very interesting, I I like to think that it was uh, sort of there was a tip of a hat to it in Terminator 2, where uh, the killer comes through the jail cell. Uh, mm-hmm doors.
2: That's a hell of a blue yeah. screenshot, the yeah. old-fashioned way, by lining it up.
1: <laughs> now those are like hundreds of eels down there. <laughs> uh. And then oh, there's an interesting story with that bug because it got loose on the set one day. Remember that? And everybody refused to go back in because oh, no. they couldn't find it. So we went to launch it. Of, what kind of a bug is it? Was a, it was like a millipede of some kind. It was poisonous. It was? It from was. Amazon or something. Yeah. So finally the guy came out and says, OK, I got it. Everybody went back in.
0: And this is this famous scene where I
1: cut my foot. Oh, this is Sean, directed by Sean Cunningham. That the one shot, not this, but the, the one
0: going down that alleyway. Just the garbage cans. cans. I
1: remember we shot that adjacent to the house. It was just a quickie setup. This was the night where uh, now we're on our set.
0: Whoa, this is the cool mush.
1: This is the one Bob Shay likes to, to say. This he directed this. I let him call action and uh, and cut up, <laughs> but it was just oatmeal. I thought I it was he... pancake <laughs> batter. <laughs> well, maybe it was. It was, some it was something of a... out of the kitchen.
0: <clears throat> I think it was rubbery. More rubbery. Maybe yeah, it was it... oatmeal. I don't remember. This is... I like this. Scene. This is just a dream. This isn't real. This is just a dream. He isn't real. He isn't real. <laughs> I could cover my face in that. So that the stunt lady could take over for the glass breaking shot.
2: because right. she was going to be seen front <laughs> I don't
0: on. think I did it that successfully. No, <laughs> oh, no, it worked very well.
2: That's a great shot.
0: Oh, we did and this. It was the first
1: time I think anybody's ever come out from a mirror, you know. Mirror. anybody's ever used a breakaway mirror before, that's what they told me.
0: That's a great shot. This, I remember we shot this at the end of an 18-hour day. Yeah. And all those feathers everywhere.
1: I remember Sarah Risher sitting over in the corner, she was like eight months pregnant at the time, and she had a big air mask over her face so she wouldn't get feathers because somebody told us that you could inhale feathers and die, <laughs> so <laughs> it was optional wear.
0: Well, they use those feathers again in Nightmare 3, and I hated them again. This is my... You bastard. <laughs> <laughs> I just... Just stay awake and watch me. Just wake me up if it looked like I was having a bad dream. And what did you do? You shit. <laughs> you fell asleep, Nancy. shit. <laughs> He's getting the hell out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm abusing him. There's Mama. Mama's okay? been hitting the
1: bottle. She
2: looks pretty good, though. Mm-hmm. Me if you need anything, okay. Okay. <laughs> this is one of my favorite funny shots right here.
1: Yeah, that just little trace from the other reality is like wonderfully uh, this one feather. Come on.
3: Come on.
0: Garcia, I've got to see Rod Lane again.
2: You know, I took the night shift, so I could get some peace and quiet. Look,
3: it's urgent!
0: This is so genius, the way they did this.
2: This is a lot of different things going on here.
0: I forget how they did this.
2: A lot of reverse f- photography. Right. Yeah, like this shot would they be pulled a reverse it. shot.
3: It's we have reason to believe that there might be something very strange The beginning going on here. of the
0: West Craven snake imagery. <laughs>
2: that my daughter's mixed up in. What are you doing here? At this hour, you should be home in bed. I oh, just want to see... Blue eye Yeah. <laughs> oh,
3: the guy's sleeping like a baby. He's not going anywhere.
1: It's like maybe there was a little piece of wire inside the thing that you can actually almost see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <where they're laughs> unfortunately. <there>. <laughs> this this <laughs> transfer's
2: a little too good, huh? All right. I'll see it. give me the keys all
1: right john the all-suffering was something, father hmm? the all-suffering father i think you did a, a wonderful <clears> job <throat> here of sort of a guy who really cared for his daughter but he thought maybe she was going crazy or she was just being totally
0: bad kid weird out with or the whatever but, uh,
1: well, you there's need, a lot of nuance there you need there? a character that sort of is with it and also is finds it incredible, right? Right, yeah. but he's not like just a stupid cop, which is no, so no. T- common in these films. But he
0: uh... comes across very <laughs> competently as mm-hmm. a cop, but as a father.
1: I seem to recall something about this. Oh.
3: <gasps> the strange thing about
0: being in these movies is that you see things that actors do that you sometimes have never seen in real life and you're sitting there looking at a hanging man and you say, is that what a hanging man really looks like? You know, and you yourself don't really even know. So now my image of a hanging man is Nick Corey hanging from a
1: sheet. Wasn't this the first day of, of, of for me, I remember the first day of shooting was the cemetery. Was it? I believe so.
2: Which cemetery was this Wes? You probably know. This more. is Boyle
1: Heights. This yeah. is actually the same place we shot uh Nightmare Seven, uh, the new nightmare at. But he who lives by the sword. Those are Rod's parents, that's they only shot in a picture, but I thought they were a great couple.
0: Remember how many watches that man wore was? And it the wardrobe had no idea, but he was wearing like eight wrist <laughs> really? I didn't know this. And at one point I don't think it was on camera, but they realized it after we'd done three or four takes, and they were panic stricken. <laughs> that, they they that they'd been, but they'd made. Yeah, they, you know, made it onto the film. Hop in. Nancy likes to wear bright blue to funerals. <laughs> <She knows. laughs> it was a big discussion of whether she would have owned Funny a black dress. I remember. <laughs> I don't know who he is, but he's burned. And he wears a weird hat and a red and green sweater, really dirty.
1: This is where I know it's right with Right, obviously these parents have killed just
0: such mm-hmm. a man. They exchange mm-hmm. a very meaningful
2: look. Mm-hmm. You better keep her home for a few days until she really gets over the shock of this.
3: I've got something better. I'm going to get her some help.
1: <laughs> uh, now to the dream clinic.
0: Daddy, help me! <laughs>
1: Yeah, thanks. She's, she's thanks, taking
0: Dad. Me away.
1: I actually enjoyed playing with, uh, you know, having come from a, d- a divorced family myself. Of uh, sort of the feelings of a kid that needs the parents to be together, and instead they're sort of fighting with each other, and, and
0: they can't make well, the connection to
1: right. help her. Katya, you, you. Katya now is the, one of the daughters of Bob Shea. That's, uh, I think, that's why the company that made the film was named after of her. This is my ex-wife, incidentally, <laughs> uh, Mimi Craven, who is now an actress herself uh, on, on her own, right? I saw her with,
2: in some pictures with uh, Sharon Stone.
1: Mm-hmm, all right. Became very close friends with Sharon Stone. And, of course, this is Charles Fleischer, who became the voice of Roger Rabbit in a um, brilliant gift stand-up me- uh, uh, comedian. Really yeah.
0: brilliant.
1: Yeah. did he entertain us a
2: little bit on the set? I remember he was making, doing voices and stuff.
1: Yes, absolutely. He's... Uh, He's remarkable in many ways. He's remarkable in many ways. He's a great graphic artist too. He just does it for the fun of it.
0: Wes gave me a lot of direction in this scene. I remember, and like how my eyes should move back and forth to look like REM sleep, and hmm. and this certain jerking. A lot of things you, do, you you take for granted when you watch a film like this, but everything requires it. Care to bring it to life? We have
2: is just a girl what kind of discoveries have clinics like this significant, or that you may think is significant?
1: Well, they've you know yeah. they've done a great amount of study on the effects of not sleeping and or and or not dreaming and how. Uh, sort of rough it is on the psyche in general. Mm-hmm. One really not only has a need for sleep, but it has a desperate need for dreaming.
0: I mm-hmm. think this dates the movie. Like, you can smoke in a clinic. <laughs> <Yeah. anywhere. laughs> can you just see, like, please no smoking? So many changes in the last 10 years.
1: You know, since we're doing this for the laser desk, this this transfer, I I think uh, certainly I'm looking at it just in wonder. It's so beautifully crisp it's and uh, clean. the colors are absolutely.
0: And, uh, this is a VHS.
1: I haven't seen this film, uh, you know, look this good for since it was originally projected,
2: mm-hmm. right? And it's going to look a lot better in laser. <laughs>
0: She's I guess lying. I should go out and buy a player. I guess you should. <laughs> yeah, me too. My kids are
2: all over me to get one now. Oh God,
3: She's definitely dreaming. It's very funny.
0: These all these machines are just busily beeping and blipping, and and then suddenly they just go wild, like like the earthquake meters, you know. What's she doing now? She's
3: having a (laughs) spasm. Oh,
2: she's off the scale.
3: What's she doing? Is she dreaming? That's my homage to
0: um, the Exorcist.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We couldn't afford to fly her.
0: (laughs) The famous gray streak.
3: This will help you sleep. Ah! No! Oh my God, get something! What happened? What happened?
1: Now here's the key moment when she, by struggling with Freddie in the dream, has uh, been holding onto her hat, his <laughs> hat, when she wakes up, and this this got a this really spooked audiences. I mean, there was just everybody instantly knew that somehow it was real. And this, of course, is later what the character uses to uh, realize that she can bring Freddy himself back if she holds on to him at the exact moment when she's being awakened.
2: I know. The, stru- the, the sound, the structure is really impressive. It's great the way it all is plotted out. And, many- and it
1: was the key point. It was the story breaker. It was the thing that I could not figure out how to... You know, once you have a guy this powerful who is able to be your killer in a dream, how can you not sooner or later sleep and be at his mercy? And finally occurred to me... A, she could bring something out.
0: This was a Then she really could bring tough. him
1: out before she had to sleep.
0: This scene was... I, I looked at my script, and it was very uh, tightly choreographed. Wes and Ronnie and I really had to work out the movements here. And Ronnie kept slapping me with a ringed <laughs> finger. How many times? I don't know, 25. <laughs> it's
1: because you paid me a lot of money to allow that. You'd gotten on her nerves by that time.
0: Well, I told you when we first went, when we first found out we were playing mother and daughter, we went out shopping for prom dresses together right. at a mall. That's right. <laughs> it, it was very funny, and we had a very uh, good relationship. This guy, I'm looking pretty bad. He's after us in our dreams.
1: I was just thinking the opposite. Even, even when you look haggard, you look great. Oh,
0: really? Oh, you're yeah. so kind. No, you are. Uh... This is. I really like this scene. Because she's also, Nancy's also getting kind of strong enough to, to confront her mother. You know, that's a big, important moment.
1: Right, absolutely. There's actually a process of reversal of roles here where Nancy goes from being child to being the adult, and the mother goes from being the mother to being the child. And the, a key moment before you go off to face Freddie for the last time, you actually tuck her into bed and sort of take her bottle away from her just as you would a child.
0: Did you plan that? Mm-hmm. Or that, that mm-hmm. just... By just getting good and loaded. There you mm-hmm. go. Fred Krueger can't come after you, Nancy. He's dead. Believe me, I know. You knew about him all this time? And you've been acting like it was something I made up? Nancy, you're sick. There's something wrong with you. You're imagining things. You'll feel better when
3: you sleep. It's just as simple as that. Screw
1: sleep! Actually, the idea of screw sleep or, or you know, uh, sleep being the enemy is... was part of the sort of the philosophical underpinning of this film where sleep is equated with lack of knowledge of the truth. Yeah. Sleep is? Yes. So in order to survive, you must be awake. You must know what the truth is and you must face it and deal with it. And... Uh, the fact that all the parents are hiding the truth of what they did is causing the next generation most most of its grief. You know,
2: I but it. I would I would think like in sleep, in vino veritas, in sleep, there's truth. <laughs> <laughs>
1: whatever, well, he, whatever he is, he comes back in their dreams. Well, it's true, but... Like to haunt them. But, and, and you know, in, in order, order to survive, she must stay awake, and that was really the, yeah, uh, the, the, the world of dreams is where you're much, much more vulnerable. Not, obviously, there's a, a positive side to dreams, too. but. In this sense, not.
0: I think one of my favorite lines is in this scene. What's that? Where I say, I found it in the, this great survivalist bookstore.
1: <laughs> this was a little bit ahead of its time. We're <laughs> we talking about
0: the militias now. Did yeah. yeah. you
1: make
3: a line
0: No, that, no uh, that line is was written.
1: No, this was like really what the very first year so on, that survivalist stores were around.
0: We did this on top of the roof at the studio
1: Oh, the close-ups, yeah. yeah the That's close-ups. Right. That's right. Because <laughs> we didn't have time to get the close-ups back.
0: Uh. <laughs> in Venice on the... Bo- um... oh, this is an actual <laughs>
1: army manual, too.
0: Here we go.
2: Well, what are you reading that for? I'm into survival.
0: Oh, then, I guess it was cut out, but it was in the original. I found it at this great survivalist <laughs> bookstore. <laughs> Booby traps and anti-personnel devices.
1: Now she comes home and finds her mother has put the bars on all the windows. That house is great, and a beautiful blue door. Which <laughs> you, you point out, Jacques, they changed to red in all the other sequels.
0: Why did they do that? I, I don't know.
1: know.
2: Well, we changed it because it, it was a new, you know, a new idea. Mm.
1: And oh, my the so mother's also know, cut down the trellis here, which uh, yes, know, obviously re- of removed access to the boyfriend. Oh, the was green was like cutting roof, down
0: house. her youth, yes.
1: Winter! I'm sorry, Jaco? The say? house
2: looks better with a red door or with the green <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Jeez, you're getting tough.
0: Security. Security? Security from what? Nothing.
2: Ronnie was making her
1: own movie. I think. She was, <laughs> she was, doing she was Nan- in her own Nan- Nan- <laughs> <laughs> She was definitely. Yeah, if we were 10 years ahead of our time, she was probably a 100 years ahead. Of
0: but, <clears throat> Just Nancy turned out so sensibly.
2: You want to know who wrote You know, was? your commitment, to, uh, Heather, to this part is really great. It really makes the film. It really does.
0: It was a very easy part to attach yourself to. It was...
2: It seems, you know, it's so, you know, far out. It's fantasy, and yet uh, your naturalistic approach really helps pull it all together.
0: You know, it's... It never occurred to me that it was, you know, a fantasy horror movie, really. It never never did. It always... just kind of had a strange side you know, side plot of this Freddy Krueger, but I always looked at it as a teenage kind of struggle you know, with all of these forces, not only her parents, but this kind of external boogeyman, but and it was a parable, I did always look at it as that
2: I think also your your innocence is just right there, I, I mean, was innocent, a, I know, you shoot a close-up <laughs> of this girl, she just
1: yeah she's, it's, it's all there you yeah, had that quality of the girl next door the mm-hmm. all-american girl right uh mm-hmm. in the first casting i just thought well i found nancy what the Breck? the brick is it the brick the oh, the the their, hair, their
0: <laughs> hair looks a lot better than mine <laughs> you know what i
2: mean yeah yeah well the camera likes you i mean
0: thanks jock oh, that's absolutely. very very kind of you to say that
2: Well. <laughs> I mean, this is not any extraordinary photography. And I just
0: love this scene. This is a great scene because just seeing that glove gives Nancy just the heebie-jeebies, and oh, the audience too. Trust trusty boyfriend. Hello? Oh yeah.
3: <clears throat>
0: Hi, I think doing? that cropped sweat, that football jersey was. An A plus idea. It's
2: much better. Now, here's something you don't often see: shooting tie-in shots at actual locations. Yeah,
1: these for- <laughs> we actually shot from two practical houses. This right. is
0: the world's most amenable neighborhood for the Nightmare <laughs> movie series. They have gone through so much hell with our with our crews over ten years. We've used these houses.
2: Why would anybody want to
1: kill me? It's a historic, actually it's a historic street now. I see there's a, a marker on it, not for Nightmare, but for, uh, I guess, the origins of it. But it is a, a remarkably Midwestern-looking street in Los Angeles. The trees are all these gigantic or elms or and oaks, yeah. and it's very different from most streets in Los Angeles. And the houses are all big frame houses.
0: If I can't, then you can all relax, because it's just a case of me being nuts.
2: Yeah, well, I can save you the trouble. You're nutty as a fruitcake. I love you anyway.
0: And, you won't and like actually, we did stand in the windows looking at each other shooting this. I mean, it was, it was amazing. No,
2: these are, these are stage shots.
0: Well, these are. These are stage and but in the, and the but, wide shots. But
2: the, but overs- the wide shots. Yeah.
0: We really were standing there as I remember.
2: Yeah. You mean they hooked you up by phone? Were you guys talking over the
0: phone? I think we were. Yet. I think we were. I think you were. Huh? Yeah.
1: yeah.
2: Famous line right there.
0: There it is, right there. When you write lines like that, Wes, do you even like <laughs> think to yourself, "Oh, that's that's a defining line of yeah"? The it script? is.
1: It, it is the defining line of the script. Don't fall asleep. Um, whatever you do, don't fall asleep. You know, you can take it politically, you can take it philosophically, spiritually, you can take it, uh, you know, just yeah, very locally that's true, or simply I'd too. Never
2: was it used as a uh, kind of a bumper a, a log sticker line in the in the one sheet or anything like that um, just when I you know, think it's original. safe to fall asleep <laughs> right
1: and uh, they on the first screenings, they gave out eye shades and on the eye shades it read uh, sleep kills <laughs> and they, they gave out little no dose bottles and things like that too this this stuff that she's taking now <sighs> glenn honey it
0: what, 3 days now since she slept i think or
2: See, even a scene like this, to me, shows good structure. You set up the thing of the mother coming in, you reestablish her character, because later you're setting up for her entrance Mm -hmm. later. Instead of it just her coming in at that time, that's important. That's what makes it weave nicely.
1: I actually ran into this actress um, in Oregon at a a film festival uh, last year. She's not in the business anymore. Do you remember me? I was Johnny Depp's mother. Oh really? Mm-hmm.
2: Does she ever get approached? Did she say that she gets yeah, she recognized she and stuff? Yeah, she does get recognized.
1: Yeah. You guys
3: turning in pretty soon?
1: I've to bed. Each of the characters that Nancy relied on and ultimately failed her were given a different sort of door to go out. When I, I once studied with an Eastern teacher, and he said everybody goes out various doors to get away from being conscious because it's very painful. So oh, some I people can, go out sex, and some people go out, you know, drugs or food booze, or sleep and right. booze, and so. Uh, or even authority, like the father of John's, your character was like, you know, within the establishment and law yeah. and order. The mother was alcohol and Johnny was uh, food and sleep. Tina was, uh, you know, her her romance with Rod, Rod was sex.
3: Mm.
1: This became uh, almost a poster shot, I think. Uh, yeah, this close-up cool. you've in your prayers. This, incidentally, was another thing from the newspaper. The third newspaper article was they found a coffee pot in the kid's room hmm. in, that he had hidden to stay awake. Know. Maybe you know. the coffee killed him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: really had bladder
3: problems. Yeah.
1: Well, this is your big noon shot. Tom. There you go. Ooh. Woo! I'm so tempted. So, hey, <clears throat> turn around. Which one? <laughs>
0: I think everyone got enough of him in the bathroom scene, bathtub scene, because we found, remember, that German photographer walking in the catwalk above the bathtub <laughs> the day we did the bathtub scene? Of course, I was furious and wanted to stomp off the set.
2: God, that's the place. I know I remember, but I don't remember his name. Do you? This actor? Yes. No,
1: I don't. You
3: know what I think? I think that kid is some kind of lunatic or something. <laughs> they're about to Marge is just being <ringing>.
2: cautious. <laughs> what with her being all alone, Nancy acting so. I
0: mean, it's 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 ludicrous that they would be afraid of Nancy as a bad influence on their son. I always thought this is. I mean, it's typical of parents, but they're the seeping blood. That's kind of a foreshadowing element in Craven films. <laughs> Seepage. <laughs> <laughs> I know when I went to see this the movie...
1: This is mov- my sister Kane shot. <laughs> <laughs> Getting the hidden liquor bottle out.
0: No, every time I've seen this in a movie it's theater... That's the way I drink when I drink. The audience is always just yelling at Ronnie in that scene, like, put it back, you know, <laughs> to stay away. The audience gets really vocal when you go to see this movie in a theater. Quinn answer
3: the phone.
1: Hello? Oh. Uh, this is sort of the Shakespearean situation of the the fatal message doesn't get through, the, you know, the messenger's cut off, or mm. the wrong person finds the note. It's really—it's almost Rome, Romeo and Juliet-ish uh, in that sense of uh, the star-crossed very lovers. That, at the last moment, if if she could just have wakened him up,
0: then you know they
1: would have been all right. But the parents uh, come between. you just gonna be front with these kids.
2: That's all. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> See now, there's the difference between men and women. Classically, a woman will try to, you know, make <laughs> sense out of something. The guy just.
0: <laughs> and then he leaves it off the hook. I mean.
2: See, I love that you have her working with the phone so that the, the, the whole tongue gag later on right, is not just out of the blue.
0: And then the, I mean, it all is so perfectly logical because mm-hmm. she can't get out because of the bars and they're locked and she has to use the phone. The trellis has been ripped off.
1: I told oh, really? Heather, now hold up the cord so they can see that you pulled it out of the wall. <laughs> okay, wrap it up around the phone.
0: <laughs> it's so neat.
1: <laughs> I remember that. Well, wasn't... we had to establish that it was pulled out of the right. wall. Right? right, that was an issue.
2: Yeah. I remember. Mm. I think we did some earlier takes where she just put it down. And
0: And then you like zoom in, super close up on the... <gasps> there you go.
1: Well, this got the biggest jump of all uh, of all in the film, I think, and it cost about five dollars to do the special effects of the.
2: I remember <laughs> I was one of the ones. I was a naysayer when I saw that thing. I said, "Are we really going to go with this?" And of course, it's
0: the famous, the best.
2: It's the close-up. It goes it. <laughs>
1: now we know Johnny's in trouble.
0: A lot of, like, really <clears throat> avid fans always come up to me and say, I'm your boyfriend, now." <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? They <laughs> think that's a really nice pickup line with me.
1: This is my favorite uh, Ronnie Blakely line. Lock, 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 lock.
0: <laughs> it kills me. This is actually her best scene, I think. <sighs> I can't... I don't even
2: have it on me.
1: Of course, the National Anthem, signing, about to sign off here for this young man. Now, this uh, this is the second use of the revolving room, which was a set built, uh, I think it was about eight feet off the floor, on a giant axle. This, this is the simple part of Johnny just being pulled down into a pit. I love that we kept the TV going. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's excellent. And there were discussions, well, you can't use real steel claws on this because he'll fall on them. And of course, I did. And the second part of the scene, now that it's, the set is t- entirely inverted, and something like 80 gallons of uh,
3: Beautiful. of
1: red-colored water are being poured out, but then yeah. we thought as a finesse that we would rotate the set so that it ran down the walls, and when we started to tilt the set, off remember what
2: happened i mean we were uh... it over it overbalanced because it was a hand operated the the whole
1: room was based on balance yeah so it just started spinning like the ferris wheel from hell (laughs) there see the see the water running (laughs) sideways jumped
0: on on everyone's head it was wild. every (laughs) every
1: circuit on the stage went out we were like in pitch darkness covered with blood and uh, everybody thought we were electrocuted
2: well some of the guys when that uh when the water funnel first hit that first practical they got electric
1: they got shocked immediately really it, the, the water dumpers, yeah. The other thing I remember is you and I hung upside down for a half an hour while they rigged that <laughs> that funnel to get tied up to it. I was literally looking damage. at my watch, like, gee, it's been ten minutes, it's been twenty minutes. You <laughs> we, we were harnessed into those uh, cages, yeah, five point uh, harnesses. Now I like, I love this moment between John and Heather here. Of uh, he's just starting to get the idea of maybe he's not right about all of this, but.
0: What's nice about this next scene is that there's so much comic relief <laughs> i mean the lines that you've written Wes, are you know descriptive, but also there's always something really funny
1: yeah, I think one of the extras is coming by on the lawn and says we don't need a stretcher, we need a mop. <laughs> right.
0: And then also, as the detective here is like, yeah, he's puking in the bathroom. <laughs>
1: right. And I think we actually shot that scene. If I'm not mistaken, didn't we shoot?
0: I think it's in here. I don't know. Johnny's
1: um, friend coming out of the bathroom, like after he gets thrown up. You play the part of the corner. And... like up in the hall. Yeah, isn't well, I isn't think we cut famous, it. Famous, yes, yeah, line. Yeah, apparently
2: right. he's dead.
0: Listen, Daddy, I've got a proposition for you. Listen very carefully, please. Nancy and get the guy who did it. And I want you to be there to arrest him when I bring him out, Okay?
2: Just tell me who did it. I'll go get him, baby.
0: Fred Krueger did it, Daddy. And only I can get him. It's my nightmare he comes to. Just come here and break the door down in exactly 20 minutes. Can you do that? Yeah, sure. That'll be exactly half past midnight.
1: I'm I don't think he's convinced well, yeah John, if you could only have been there for her. Well, we, we
0: use this clip in Nightmare 7 then to play into the plotline of that film. Right. We watched this over and over again. I'll
2: be there, now look, you just get yourself some rest, please.
1: And this apparently is exactly what the parents of that third teenager said to him continually. Just get some rest and you'll be better. Look,
2: go outside and watch my daughter's house. If you see anything funny, call me anything funny like what i don't know one thing for sure i don't want her coming over here she's too far gone to be able to handle
1: this <laughs> i love the irony of that since she really is the only one that really has admitted what's going on now this stuff is all right out of the uh out of that very uh book right. i was worried for years that some teenager would blow up his house uh following these things
0: oh no this Today. Just, just <laughs> kids dressing up like Freddy Krueger. <laughs> kniving see, each other.
2: You should see the books that are out there now. Yeah, I'm actually a, a subscriber to the Paladin Press. Oh, sure. <laughs> great. If
1: pretty,
0: this is a kindergarten yeah. material. Yes. Yeah, this is
1: sort of World War II technology. This is a, it was out of a World War II manual. So kids, don't try this at home. This is a professional heroin. Yes.
0: <laughs> I... I I do enjoy, you know, handiwork around the house. <laughs> this is the beginning of all that, I think.
1: <laughs> this, Rigging
0: small booby traps for my family.
1: The sledgehammer now, 12, <laughs> 12 pound hammer. That's
2: <laughs> right. That's the after midnight husband coming home. <laughs> right.
0: Hammer in the head after a
1: that night kn- out
0: with the boys. <clears throat>
1: That hammer now hangs in my studio over over my studio door. <laughs> no, it, it really does. does. <laughs> yeah, does it really? Yeah.
2: Oh, that's great.
1: It weighs like two pounds. It's like all hollow with the... The Heather does a you good know? job yeah. of selling weight. He's
0: like, make it look heavier, Heather. Make it look heavier. Car, Your I hand is shaking.
2: Saw it. <laughs> I guess I should have told you about him,
3: man. I just get
0: some sleep, Mom. Trying to protect sleep? you. I didn't see how much
1: you needed to know. You face things. Do you remember the Olympics Imagine were going nature.
0: on? Yes.
1: During the editing process, I certainly. <clears coughs> no, even even during. Oh really? Training, on a, the sound stages um, nearby where we were. Oh no! You know what? That, I think that was the L.A. festival. Festival, festival of but it was. Yeah, exactly. that was. Oh, it was part the of the, the Olympics, Olympics, right? Yeah, right. The early Olympics. I saw. Um, the Polish play. A I saw that play, play too. Did you say it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very And it was so loud, sometimes it was leaking through into our soundstage, I remember. Because didn't it have, like, women screaming or something mm-hmm. during half of it? Mm-hmm.
0: A lot of stomping and screaming. <laughs> in Polish.
1: How dare them. Yeah, I remember the
0: Olympics, now that you say that.
1: Yeah, then I remember during the whole um, editing process, when I was in New York, uh, cutting with Rick Shane I would go back to this apartment they they had rented Vim uh, Wenders' apartment for me K-Kruger. this miserable little Ronnie's, German cell Ronnie's you know? husband yeah. and uh I would watch the Olympics at night for my entertainment.
0: I got tickets to the uh, Olympic field hockey I remember <laughs> <laughs> that's all I could get
1: We'll have to do a separate laser disk on just on the Olympics huh? Okay here comes the poster shot I was I was off And now I lay me down to
0: sleep Pray the Lord my and this soul
1: is a, this is, is a prayer, the first prayer I was ever taught. So this, where this came from. I pray the
3: Lord my soul to take. Countdown mode, ten minutes and
0: counting. These watches were kind of a novelty. At, at yes, this that was time. my watch,
1: and it cost two hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> I swear to God, that's curious. how much they cost when they first came out.
0: And it's always interesting how the newest technology always finds its way into movies. You know how the first cell phone used in a film was kind of. <gasps> <you know? laughs> right. Now it's almost in everything you see. This is a great
1: shot. I love Oh no.
0: That was used in the poster.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was the poster shot.
0: Grim determination. And I, I always liked this theme of descending, descending, and descending, and then you find yourself in the heaven, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. Originally, what were we
0: going to have a scene where I was flying around?
1: Yeah, in we were the, just talking about that to, to the fellow who was doing all the uh, research of materials because they found uh, shots of you against blue screen, like flying. And remember, there was at the end of the sequence when you fall out of that boiler room, you fall back onto the front lawn, and right. They, and the script there was. was it me
0: flying? I don't remember ever flying.
1: Yeah, you were supposed to be uh falling down uh, falling through the heaven. you know from a great height. Yeah.
0: The the claws are
1: gone. I flew in the other one. You know? In three. Hey, you Did
0: flew. You? Yeah, after going down, down, down into that boiler room in three. Yeah. And so we're back at the are we back at
1: Back in the jail, at the now, jail you know. now, and, and we used every staircase they had in this boiler room. We <laughs> took you down every single yeah, one. that's
0: right, we did. There's always another staircase.
1: There was actually only two levels to this boiler room, but we made it seem like it was. A well, what's coming very, up dirty.
0: is kind of Freddy's um, lair, which I always really enjoyed how they set dressed <clears throat> where he lived, filled with little naked Barbies and strange little kids' that's true. toys that's true. and <laughs> mutilated stuffed animals.
3: <laughs>
0: it just shows you how beautiful a boiler room can be. I mean, just the shadows it creates. I mean, I haven't seen this in a while. oh
1: well, again, it's, it, it, it's beautifully shot, too. It's just uh, the lighting shot that you did and uh,
0: Composition is all great. the angles were great. Except that one. <laughs> I remember Tony Caesar when he was interview I mean finding stunt, stunt finding stunt people. He was always showing me the reverse kick I mean the rear ends of all these stunt women, <laughs> saying, Okay, here's one for you, or here's one. One was usually like kind of portly and one was very skinny.
1: The sound people uh, in New York that did the sound design for this experimented endlessly trying to find the right sound for the scraping claws and what they finally used was a steak knife on the underside of a metal folding chair. They <laughs> said so they wanted to find a, a sound that would just make everybody's teeth set on edge and oh. they finally found it that way.
2: How is it you did all the posts in New York? Uh,
1: that's where New Line Cinema at that time was located and Bob oh, Shea wanted fair. to um, be there for uh <clears throat> to harass us, yeah. you not know, <laughs> no, to, uh, you know, to be in touch with it. So, we're...
0: What was their response after they saw the f- the, f- the first cut that you did?
1: The first cut, the, the editor's cut, Before I, when I first arrived, they they showed it to me and uh, Bob turned around and looked at me and says, well, do you think we have a film here at all? <laughs> I'll never forget that.
0: Oh, well, that's a nice photo of confidence. And then he told me
1: that he wanted a complete cut in two weeks. I think we ultimately did it in five weeks. But he was, wow, he was completely that. convinced that uh, you know, that it was just not working at all. But this is, this is a film that has made it as much in the editing room as any place else. It was very, very much of a cutting piece, and I was always grateful that I started in films in the editing room because uh, it's so important for those final touches of rhythms and inner you know, cutting and things.
0: Certainly, is your uh, a strong point of your technique, Wes. Well, oh, there's Wes's yeah, headphones. <laughs> <laughs> Still Glenn. have those too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Nobody wanted those.
0: <laughs> Usually, after a film is wrapped, they sell a lot of the uh, set dressings off to anybody. Takes a fancy. And the rest is everything and all that's left are a couple of tattered pillows, pencils. <laughs> pencils.
1: Now here's the shot.
0: There we go. Boom. In
1: between that was supposed to be a, a shot of you falling down uh, from like three thousand feet.
0: And that was true roses, true thorns. Where
1: are you, Kruger? Now and here's like, here's a trick that uh, is is very effective where to connect one set to another when you are jumped here. I'm going to give it away, but. I mean, the people have seen this uh, once before. Uh, when you're fighting here among the roses and trellises, when you wake up in your bedroom on that set, we had the trellis and the roses on top of you, and then pull them out of the shot and out of the set before we come back wide. Oh,
3: that's and it's quite great. quite subliminal,
1: but it just you suddenly don't know how you got there, you know. Well, this, I think, was a beautifully timed jump too.
0: I was surprised, Wesley, you never asked me to scream during the audition, because since I've done this, I've come to realize that not just anyone can scream. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of a a gift from God. I knew, just looking
1: at you, I knew you were a screamer.
0: (laughs) There we go, booby traps in action. There it goes. Nancy, <laughs> is, for someone who can this walk this through a,
1: steel bars, that's going to... You right on the head. <laughs> oh, but he's in Waking Life now, so that was his weakness.
3: Everything's going to be all right. Everything's under control. That's
1: you asshole. That was a big audience favorite, I know.
0: In the original script, Nancy cursed a lot more, and I think that we, we didn't have her cursing in as much, and so it took away from something from her.
1: Well, I think when she does it, it's very strong, though. Oh. This is our intrepid stunt coordinator, Tony Caesar, doing it. What I felt was very dangerous, a backward fall onto a staircase. We had a <laughs> yeah, we had a. And they a always say the We shop. had a mattress there, and it was on a piece of three-quarter-inch plywood, and I remember it, the plywood was cracked in half when we took it out.
0: And the stunt, people always go, oh, yeah, I've done this
3: before. Oh. Oh. How the hell am I? <laughs> <laughs> you
1: think so. Huh? Still works 10 years later. Kill you slow. This uh, is leading up to uh, a fire burn, which actually was at least three or four fire burns, if I'm not mistaken. The first one here was initially ignited, which was a very dangerous one because it wasn't moving much. And the heat builds up apparently very, very strongly and tony is famous for his fire yeah mm-hmm.
0: and then,
1: this is a very long burn like, all my... the way to the top of the stairs and then gets hit by the door and i think they put him out there and then did a second burn where he falls backwards oh. on fire which yeah, has never been right. done in the film
0: falling backwards on fire Mm-hmm. Or,
1: yeah it was a very very and i mean, remember this just on the set the heat was so incredible you just don't yeah, he Realize really I mean, going, everybody's like backing away from it and he's like right in the center of it.
0: Anytime I see a, a man on fire in a film or a commercial, I'm like, there's Tony! Because <laughs> I think he does a lot. Tony Caesar
1: I mean. is the premier fire. He Baron, really uh, does the
0: do them well.
3: I
1: first worked with him on Swamp Thing and I've used him uh, on practically all my phones since. So. <laughs>
3: Come down
1: here. Uh, this is one of my favorite shots, it just was one of those special effects and, and photography things that work beautifully, but the shot of her running through the living room uh, with these flaming footsteps, and I think that was a wonder, wasn't it, Jacques? I mean, yes. I think it was only like once and we were afraid you were going to catch on fire Heather, but it was a very spooky, uh,
3: yeah, it's just
2: raw uh,
1: cement, I like another low-tech thing. Not Tony getting
2: hit over the head again. Was that you, John? Did you actually put that? I think that was you doing that. Geez, I don't remember. What did it look like? This is a great gag. We used uh, a, w- an, a arc welder instead of uh, instead of a lighting effect. You can't you know, It's just a great look to it.
0: And mm. locked off that shot for the bed, mm-hmm. yeah, for the
2: healing. Leave me. They've got the fires out downstairs.
3: Everything
1: okay up here? Oh, it's fine. i that's try to leave him. He comes back. Right? <laughs> yeah, but there's a nice moment here 1st
0: I'm okay. You go downstairs. I'll be there in a minute. That's the kind of line you hear in, like, an old 40s movie, kind of, you know? it's There's something very quiet and...
1: Yeah, well, now she's just on the brink of full adulthood. I mean, even her father has been dismissed as, you know, not kind of somebody who can be with her for this moment. Well, it's just those moments where you realize it's something you have to face entirely alone, you know? I think it's a great moment for a character in a film. Also, I was just puzzling with how do you fight somebody like this? I think it's another great... So this was more spandex if I'm not mistaken yes but uh, you know how do you kill a killer like this and ultimately I just felt the best thing would be for her to just turn away from him and take take control of the situation by taking the energy that she's given him away from him
0: I know you too well now Freddy. No,
1: you die. Actually, a, a sort of enlightenment
0: oh and he's so it's, late. it's like beauty, beauty and the beast you know the way that he's <laughs> I mean, the, the original cocktail, you know, the darkness of his yeah. shiny face. Yeah, Robert face. really
1: came through here, too.
0: Rare, yeah, you don't dream. really ever see the details of his
2: face. Yeah, this was the darkest one.
0: Yeah, I want my mother and friends again. <laughs> what? I take back every bit of energy I gave you.
3: You're nothing. You're shit.
1: God. That's when she opens the door, you had that sunlight uh, sort of pour in just right. before I love, she love left this like last that. scene scene little bit of the little
2: bit of the movie.
0: God, of beautiful. Oh, I feel like a million bucks. It's almost. a it's
3: bottomed out
1: when you can't remember them. Suddenly you're in a... It's like, a, <laughs> it looks like one of those feminine hygiene <laughs> cars. <I> mean, <laughs> like yeah. And she's wearing white. and keep yeah. <clears> you awake <throat> last night. You
0: look I guess I just slept heavy. I remember saying, what does that mean, sleep heavy? I'd never really heard that before. I guess I'll just trust Wes knee socks
1: and white shoes this was probably between robert shade the uh the head of new line and the producer of this film this was our most contentious moment robert wanted uh, freddie to be driving this and i simply refused Uh, but it is still an extension of the original ending where heather simply gets off the porch and goes off into the fog and the mother waves goodbye but i felt since the mother never came to terms with the reality that she deserved to die so we compromised with the striped hood and our striped uh, roof and Ronnie getting yanked off. And I believe this was like a, a one shot, also, in, right at the end of the movie, just yanking her through the door. <laughs> <No>.
0: <laughs> was that was your idea, though, to yank us at the door?
1: That was my compromise, yeah, I, you know, from the original.
0: Um, it ends the film on a great note.
1: Yeah. You know, the, the other thing that I've just, just occurred to me that we've been yammering about the things that we're familiar with, and since Robert's not here, we haven't talked about him. But Who? Obviously, <laughs> Robert, uh, Bob, England, uh, you know, did such an incredible job bringing Freddie to life um, that I think without him, obviously, nothing would have worked. It was in casting the key thing that we searched and searched for and went through hundreds of guys, and quite often I was looking for either large stuntmen or uh, very, very old guys. And um, I just suddenly came to the realization, it's not going to be a stuntman that can come up with that kind of evil, and, and probably will be a younger man, Especially, in, and Robert Englund came in he had so much enthusiasm for it and was so fearless with the role mm. that he was prepared to play that kind of evil. And You know, it's very difficult for an actor to come up with that kind of uh, mm-hmm. portrayal of evil. A lot of people will try to make it sort of comic or a camp because it's... You know, it's, uh, people will always say, well, I didn't know you had that, didn't you, Robert? But
0: No, um, well, he takes it so seriously. From the first it, yeah. day I met him, I realized he, would, he was so perfect.
1: He carried it through uh, seven features.
2: The other issue was, I remember on Nightmare 2, we did some non-dialogue stuff. We th- with a double, and we had to reshoot it because mm-hmm. the his persona came through in his body, even in yeah watch out, every, you could the, the double yeah, him.
1: the body language, the mime, everything is is perfect for him. Yeah, yeah, the
2: one double scene we have here, you pointed
1: it out. it was <laughs> it was not up to par.
0: <laughs> we'll reshoot it.
1: Well, I've been, you know, uh, all throughout Europe doing appearances with Robert at one time or another, and it's always uh, sobering to. To be standing like in front of a building when the fans come out and they all like race over, and, like run right past me and like <laughs> start asking Robert for his for his uh, autograph. But he definitely, uh, you know, was the star of this um, series.